pulling the meat in and that, that stuff gets uh, done, I'll go on and make their plates and give it to them. Okay. You know, people, people got lives. Yeah, that's like, great. If you're going to pay an hour and a half before I open, I'm not going to make you wait another hour and a half. We'll go eat our, our buddy's barbecue. Yeah. You know, and pay for it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting and eating our own stuff that we could eat for free. And, and I support people the way I do simply because I want them to win just like I want to win. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. I'm joined today by Patrick Jubert, a.k.a. Jube from Jube's uh, Smokehouse. You're the owner and operator of Jube's Smokehouse. That's what I was trying to say. I got all jumbled on my words. Uh, but thank you for coming on today. Man, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. Great to finally be here. I've heard a lot about the place. Um, but for someone with such a popular place as yours, um, you've had a bit of an unconventional start in the food industry. Uh, you spent about 30 years as a preacher before making the shift to culinary. Um, what made you decide to, to make that career shift? Yeah, kind of got drugged into this kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> my fiance had been fussing about me doing it for quite some time. I, I'd actually been doing it out of my backyard yeah. on weekends because it was therapeutic for me. And uh, I took a job in the corporate world and just kind of got tired of that. Yeah. And this came available, and when it came available, it, uh, it also became affordable. And uh, she, she just kind of put her foot down and said, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to finance, and I'm going to, no, you're not. Then before you, you knew it, I was here cooking. So, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been cooking as long as I've been preaching. Okay. So uh, I kind of got, you know, the best of both worlds uh, as far as experience is concerned yeah. uh, with that. Yeah, it's, that's great. And, um, you know, my, my dad's a pastor, um, and I know for him, it's essentially a 24-7 job. You know, you're it's not just, you don't just go Sunday and preach and that's it. You know, you have house calls and going to the hospital and people are calling to to talk and uh, different visits and stuff. And um, do you think that type of schedule prepared you for life in a restaurant? It is very similar, James. There are days when I'm here, I feel like, uh, I feel like Joe the bartender. (laughs) You know, it's an age-old adage where you go to the bar, you tell the bartender all your business. So I feel like Joe a lot of times. People come in, share with me, um, for lack of a better term, lack, lack of a better term, they're, they're life stories. And uh, it is it's very similar to pastoring in so many ways. So I refer to the smokehouse as a, a ministry of sorts because we have an opportunity to give back to the community, whether they're in diapers or whether they're geriatrics. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I want to get into some of that community talk um, here in a minute, but I want to ask you, and you mentioned this, but you've, uh, you were cooking in your backyard before you did this. And, and I feel like pretty much everyone I've talked to on this podcast, they've been cooking their whole lives or they were selling food out of their backyard or they were giving it to friends and families, whatever. Um, what has that transition been like for you from the backyard style of cooking to now serving the public? <sighs> the only difference, James, is I got brick and mortar now. Okay. And with brick and mortar comes bills, yeah. overhead. When you're cooking in your backyard, what you make, you make. 
you're kind of clear with what you make. Here, 30 cent out of every dollar goes out of the door for supplies and salaries and incidentals and things of that nature. So if I had to say there's a difference, uh, what I think the difference is, the, the clientele is larger, it's a little more consistent, and uh, it, it costs me more to do it here than it did at home. And I'm doing so much more cooking now than I was doing then. You know, weekend at the house, maybe 10 slabs of ribs, a couple of briskets, some sauces, some chicken. I'm doing that every day. Yeah. You know, 15, 20 slabs of ribs a day, uh, countless amounts of brisket, um, sausage out the wazoo. You know, so, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a difference uh, just in volume, terms of volume. So. So do you feel that extra stress then? Is it... Uh, does it weigh on you? The do you, do you ever kind of long for that backyard cooking? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Full uh, of solitude some days. Yeah. Uh, sitting in the back, when people see the gate open, they kind of welcome themselves right on in, and they come right on the back by the smokers. I have a table back there that I usually sit at, and just kind of collect my thoughts. But then once people kind of invade your, your your space, then they're in your space. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, for and, sure. And they're kind of like right here. And I've had, to, I've had to get used to that because at the house, people would just come pick up their package and they would go. Mm-hmm. But that I have certain customers here who are kind of like family, and they just come right in the back and just strike up a conversation. Never ask me how I'm doing, of course. <laughs> uh, just strike up a conversation. And that, that some days can be a little harrowing at times. Yeah, because I think as consumers, what we don't think about is for us, we're getting maybe 10 minutes of your time or five. But for you, you're having 50 people take up 10 minutes of your time. or yeah, That adds up for sure. And Another thing I don't think people really consider is they got here at 12. Yeah. I got here at 5. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so by the time you got here, I've been here seven hours. Yeah. And I may have already cooked a week's worth of food, you know, uh, for that, that day. I'm, I'm physically exhausted. Now, I don't get really mentally stressed around here. Okay. But the physical requirements, um, carrying briskets, 12 to 15 pounds. Case of ribs uh, weighs 45 pounds. Case of brisket weighs 85 pounds. A case of sausage weighs 40 pounds. So that, there's a lot of physically taxing work that goes on here. I wash dishes all day. All, all day, that she called me Ma the Maid. <laughs> <laughs> I wash dishes all day. Then, after the day is over, the day's not over. Because then I got to mop, I got to sweep. Then when I leave here, then I got to go to two or three stores to get little items that I'm going to need for tomorrow. So my day can begin as early as 5 a.m. and not end at 10 p.m. Oh, and then I have to eat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because people assume I eat barbecue every day. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, you you can't. You get 
you get sick of that, right? But what is it? I mean, I'm sure even though you're not eating it every day, I mean, it, it's clearly a passion for you. What is it about barbecue that inspires you? I want to want to say this as easy as I can as I can say. Watching that meat change colors. Okay. Listening to the crackling of the fire and being mesmerized by the blue smoke as it rises out of the stack. That means nothing to anybody who's never experienced it. To sit in the back and watch that blue come out of that stack. I've had the experience, and I don't know how this is going to grab you, I've had the experience of the quiet getting loud. Yeah, I, I get that. Well, 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 <laughs> well I, I, I've, I've gotten lost in watching that smoke. So much so, where my phone is ringing and I can't hear it because I've just gotten so relaxed. Yeah. And that, that intrigues me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into the science of fire, the science of wood, um, listening to the wood crack. Uh, certain woods spit out embers, other woods are just nice and calm. And, and just the, the whole knowing that I'm doing this for others. It's 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 rewarding because I'm definitely not gonna eat that much. Uh, I don't I don't I bet I don't eat I bet I don't eat half a pound of ribs a week. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> that that just intrigues me. Yeah. And I, from a kid, man, I liked fire. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I like, it was something about fire yeah. that that kind of excited me. I think um, one of the things I love about doing a podcast is that. It forces people to have to listen, uh, whereas a video, I think sometimes you can kind of zone out from what mm-hmm. someone might be saying. And um, just your description right there, I'm glad people have to listen to that because I was you painted a, a beautiful picture there, um, and it made me want to go out there and just watch you, you know, smoke some ribs yeah. or whatever. Um, but something I, I really loved during my research. Um, for this interview was just finding how supportive you are of the uh, local community, the Fort Worth community, the Arlington community, um, and and their uh, bar- the, the barbecue community specifically. Um, but it seems like you view these other spots kind of as as a team more than as competition. Why, why are you so supportive of um, and, and talk so highly of these other pitmasters around? So many of them have more experience than me. So I have to respect the experience. I know what it takes for me to cook the limited amount of food I cook here. And then when I hear the astronomical numbers they're cooking on the other side of town, I know how much demand is on me physically. So I have to respect what they're going through. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the smallest barbecue guy in the city. And even at that, I can go through a couple hundred pounds of meat a day. So, and that'll serve 45, 50 people. But you consider what the guy who's serving 300 people is cooking. Yeah. So, I have to respect him. And, and I support people the way I do simply because I want them to win just like I want to win. Yeah. 
So it's no competition for me when I want to see you win. Now, do do sometimes uh, we we rib one another, you know, via text or yeah. we'll call one another. Oh yeah, that that there's always going to be that that camaraderie. But in the public, even if you can't cook, even if your food is terrible, I will not tell the public <laughs> that James can't cook. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that, that's, yeah. that's just not, not, not what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I'll say to him, hey, you got to go give him a try yourself. He may have something that you like that I don't cook. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to give a guy a chance. Everybody cooks differently. Everybody has their niche. Everybody has their specialty, and you have you have to ride the wave all the way to the beach. Mm-hmm. Don't get off in the water because you could drown. So that that's me. I'm you won't. I don't let customers come in here and talk bad about another barbecue guy. I will not. I will not serve you. Yeah. You come in and you you start talking down. I went to so and so and it was a hey 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 hey. Now either you shut that conversation down. You can hit that door, mm-hmm. and people respect that. Yeah. People, people respect that. I, I just don't believe you should do that. Yeah. You know, certain certain things. No, not certain things, Pat. Everything in life requires integrity. And you, as you will know, integrity is who you are when nobody's watching. So obviously, you you have that integrity with the uh, barbecue community, but you also with your local community as well. Um, I know you're you're a big supporter and. Uh, you mentioned even earlier that, that you view this as a ministry. This is mm-hmm. this is kind of a ministry for you. Um, tell me about some of the community outreach, outreach that you do through Jube Smokehouse. Coming up Saturday, okay, the Red Cross will be here. We will, we're doing a uh, big blood drive to celebrate our third year of being in existence, which is this weekend. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to have uh, what I call tents and tables outside. Vendors from all over the state just going to be here. Um, last year, we fed 4 families for Thanksgiving out of my pocket. Not, not out of the smokehouse. Yeah, yeah. My personal money. And we did, I think, four or five families for Christmas and one particular uh, lady she has multiple amount of kids. Husband decided he just kind of had enough, and he split. So she came in and uh, just crying. And when I finally got it out of her, what was going on, I just started laughing. And she says, why are you laughing at me? I said, because you don't know what I'm about to do for you. And she goes, what? So this whole lobby was full of toys. For Christmas, we gave her. She has that little, little bitty SUV. They had a commercial about it years ago. You can get with this. You can get that little. That thing was full of toys, and I gave her at least five days worth of food. Yeah. Right now, she reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. She's gotten a job. She's got a new house, and she's bought another car. And she says, I want to come back and pay you back. No, you cannot pay me back. Pay it forward. Yeah. Help somebody else. You know, I want, I want to see people make it uh, 
at, at all costs because we're just supposed to make it, James. We're not, the world is not set up for us to struggle. It's, it's set up for us to survive. And if I help you survive, I help you thrive, that comes back to me because I live by this mantra in life. You only get back what you give away. Yeah. So if I give you joy, if I give you reasons to smile, if I give you stuff that makes you happy, then it comes back to me. I may not get back where I sow, but I will get back what I sow. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's a it's a neat mentality to have, you know, especially from a business standpoint and people mm -hmm. just knowing that they can come in here and it's a fa like a family community, you know, whatever in here. And uh, I think it's really awesome you're uh, facilitating that. I know uh, you've done stuff with, with backpack giveaways and, and stuff for the school districts as well. Man, I... I still got a hundred backpacks back there <laughs> after giving away a little over 200 yeah. and in, in the backpacks we had the mask and we had school supplies. Yeah. So, and I still got a hundred more back there and I'm going to do that again when, uh, you know, as we go through the summer and I'm going to give, give that out again. Kids, Great. kids need backpacks, back backpacks for kids are kind of, a backpack to a kid now is what Linus's blanket was to him with the peanuts. Yeah, yeah. It, it was his, his security blanket. Yeah. So a kid in school, with, as they say, without a backpack, yeah, a kid yeah. didn't have any security. So I want to make sure you're secure in that regard. Actually, I actually, on a side note, love that how you just said that because I am... Um, I love wearing a backpack, and I think it is a security blanket, but I've always... Um, my, my backpack is usually right here. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love carrying one around. I'm way more comfortable with it. I, mm -hmm. I carry a briefcase for work, but when I'm off work, I'm when carrying I'm off, around a when backpack. I'm, man, yeah. listen, I, I, I keep my, <laughs> my ball cap in there. I keep a change of clothes yep. in there. Uh, when I'm fishing... Yeah, you need it. I, 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 I throw my backpack on with my, uh, my spool... My uh, my plugs, hooks, bait, um, tips for the rod, a towel, hand sanitizer, whatever, and and I'm and I'm fishing, man. I got my, got my yeah. backpack on, man. I'm yep. chilling, <laughs> you know. So that's me. So I know if my backpack means as much to me as it does to me. What about a kid in kindergarten? Yeah, exactly. You're not an official student, James. You don't have your backpack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta have your backpack, man. Mama, mama, backpack. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, let's talk. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the food. You know, people okay. are going to come here to eat uh, as much as they're going to come here for the community. But uh, the first time I heard about your spot was actually when that smokehouse from Houston. Uh, came up and they did I turkey legs, huh? but they did that turkey leg turkey stuffed leg, turkey huh? legs, and and there was a line. People were waiting for a full day to get it. And meanwhile, down the road, you've been doing that for years. Hmm. What's up? Why 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 are people not coming here for their stuffed turkey legs? The Bible says that a man is without honor in his own country. True. Simple enough. Yeah, barbecue place without honor in its own. <laughs> city in its own city <laughs> yeah. um, smoked turkey legs aren't traditional barbecue yeah but if you do it you gotta do it right he came here and I know him ironically from Houston mm -hmm. where I'm from yeah yeah 
he come here and I'm glad he came because it cast a positive light upon me and several other guys in the neighborhood in the area who are doing turkey legs now are we doing turkey legs at the volume he is <laughs> of course not I am not about to try to cook 40,000 turkey legs <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the room yeah, I don't, sure. don't have the room to do it I can do about 100 so what happened with that is he came he's, he has a big following in Houston and a lot of people looked at the the opportunity to wait in line an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Eight hours. People were there for eight hours. One lady was there eight hours. Yeah. I read about that. Yeah. But, you know, eight hours to Houston, you got four hours to Houston, you got a three-hour wait in the line there. So Still better than a lot, yeah. Right. Now, do, do I think, and this is just opinion, do I think it, anything is worth to wait Eight hours, food-wise, not even my own food. No. <laughs> not even my own food. <laughs> not, no, not at all. If, if I'm going out to eat and they say that the wait is more than an hour, hour and a half, I pass worse ago. Good for you. I'm like 30 minutes. And I'm going to give them, I'm gonna give them 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. And... and I'm, I'm going to move right over. Yeah. You know, unless I can sit at the bar. Can I sit at the bar? Yeah. You know, whether I'm going to drink or not. I'm going to sit at the bar. If I can't sit at the bar, and I'm thinking, do I really? Because by the time I go to get something to eat, damn, I'm already hungry. I'm already hungry. Yeah, exactly. And if i got to wait another <laughs> hour and a half, my attitude's going to get real bad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> real bad. So, <laughs> they said, well, I wait two hours. All right. See ya. Well, you, you should put it on the sign. You don't have to wait eight hours. You can get the turkey legs. Um, but how are you stuffing them? What are you stuffing them with? Ooh, James, in three years I have stuffed turkey legs with cabbage, yams, macaroni and cheese, dirty rice, jambalaya, um, seafood alfredo, uh, shrimp creole, cornbread dressing. It's just kind of... You know, the closer we get to, to fall, then I break out the cornbread dressing. I do the dirty rice uh, every Wednesday, every Saturday. Uh, I have a seafood dirty rice that I just created. Sounds good. Sounds real good. Man, that, that it, it, it gets out of here. I've even stuffed them with beans. I did a triple stuff one where um, one side was candy yams, the center of it was cornbread dressing, and then... The other side was uh, was cabbage. Okay. And man, they went crazy behind that yeah. stuff. And then sometimes I just glaze them with a nice whiskey glaze, so where you, you have the uh, the whiskey flavor uh, mingled with a kind of sweet thickness. Yeah. That covers up a spiciness. So and and they just sit there and, and eat that man. So and, and I'm I'm telling you a secret. I don't even eat turkey legs. You don't at all? <laughs> I'm 51, man. I think I've eaten two my entire, really? my entire life. This is it. So this is really interesting to me. I, I think you might be the first that I've had on the podcast that you don't really eat your own food. And it's not an indictment on the food because I, people clearly love the spot. It's, as, as much as I cook, I get fooled watching me cook it. Yeah, it makes sense. Because yeah, I'm always surprised when people are telling me, if, whether it's a pizzeria and they're eating their pizza or whatever... I would always think you'd want to eat not what you were cooking all day, so it makes sense. 
Makes a lot of sense. Mechanics drive the worst cars. Yeah. Because they never take time to fix them. Uh, doctors are the unhealthiest. Do- do- doctors are the unhealthiest. <laughs> yeah. The barber has got the nappiest hair. <laughs> the, the beautician just looks like a thing off of uh, the Adams family. Uh, the bar- barbecue guys, we'll go eat our, our buddy's barbecue. Yeah. You know, and pay for it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting and eating our own stuff that we could eat for free. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I get it. I actually, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And you also do stuffed chicken as well. Uh, but people do have to order in advance. So. Just just one one day ahead. Yeah. And uh, I'm working on being able to do them every day. Okay. Every, every day. But now, the turkey legs are every day? Is that turkey right? Turkey legs are Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay. This week's going to be Wednesday and Friday as part of our uh, anniversary Makes celebration. Yeah. Uh, Friday's going to be what I call snack food Friday. We're going to do brisket nachos. We're going to do the potatoes. I'm going to do the brisket bowl. Okay. You want this in your life. I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. It's grits and brisket and cheese and green onion and butter all in the same bowl. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for people. So this is going to be coming out Thursday. So... I feel bad for anyone that listens to this on Sunday, and they're gonna have missed. Ooh. They're gonna have missed the Friday. Well, <laughs> Saturday is gonna be traditional barbecue. Yeah. What you see up there, okay, it's gonna be traditional barbecue. Okay, Sunday, it's gonna be Soul Food Sunday. Ooh, okay. So I don't feel too badly for them because they're still gonna I, get that. Oxtails, beef tips, uh, candy yams, cabbage, uh, greens, green beans, stuff like that. Sunday. Okay. From eleven to two. Okay. So they they if if they get it Sunday morning yeah. early, they better zoom on in here. <laughs> that, that stuff's gonna go pretty fast. What uh what is it about your dirty rice? I, it's like everything I can see people talking about it. it it's a family recipe, right? Yeah. My grandmother's. Uh, I don't know who my grandmother got it from. I'm gonna assume her mother. But, uh, <laughs> I watched her make it. From the time I was old enough to be in the kitchen until she passed away in 1995. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of took it. And the only difference in what she does and what I do, she used beef liver. Okay. I used brisket. Okay. So, But all the other ingredients are the same. Um, if you like dirty rice, if you like Popeye's dirty rice or... Papa Do's dirty rice. You're you're going to like mine. Okay. Because it's fluffy. Uh, the brisket brings another whole different flavor to it. You know, when you're eating traditional dirty rice, you you have just the beef flavor mm-hmm. that's been cooked. But when you're eating my dirty rice, you have the beef flavor that's been smoked. So you have the smoked brisket plus all of the mm-hmm. other ingredients that come along okay. with dirty rice. Makes sense. And I they buy that stuff, James. Yeah. They they buy that they buy that stuff in bulk. And uh, there sometimes I go through four or five jumbo pots of dirty rice. And I'm talking jumbo. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a Saturdays like this Saturday for the anniversary. It's probably gonna be a four pot day. Okay. Yeah. 
You're making me hungry. That's, I'm that's doing tough my, doing these interviews. I'm doing my job. I know. <laughs> a, so I'll be back here for sure. Um, so you open at 11 a.m. until uh, you sell out. You mentioned this about Sunday. Come early. How early do people have to come? Sunday, they they probably be safe at 11. Okay. You know, um, 11 to 12 is usually a pretty, pretty big rush on Sundays when we're open because we don't open every Sunday. Yeah. So when we do open, it's kind of like, hey, let's get on there. Yeah. Saturdays. I've seen I've seen the crowd start gathering on Saturdays at a little after nine. Really? Yeah. And they're okay. sitting they're sitting out in their cars, and uh, they'll catch me, you know, taking some trash out or whatever, and they'll ask, "Hey, man, can we go and pay for our stuff now?" Yeah. And I let them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I let them. I get their orders. Let them pay for their stuff. And as I'm pulling meat in, and that as stuff gets uh, done, I'll go on make their plates and. Give it to them. Okay. You know, people, people got lives. Yeah, that's now, great. If you're going to pay an hour and a half before I open, I'm not going to make you wait another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just told you they ain't worth the wait. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to cut your plate for you. And uh, most times those people who want to pay that early, they're going to buy hundreds, $200 worth of food. Yeah. So I'm going to go and get all that out of the way. Now, is it the same on weekdays, or is that kind of exclusive to weekends? Yeah, you're gonna get you're just gonna get pretty crowded on the weekends. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's kind of running the mill. It okay. can get busy, but uh, it's it's always steady. Okay. But Fridays, Saturdays, man, <laughs> yeah, we we had a full staff in here Friday and Saturdays. Yeah. Tuesday through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just me and, and grandbaby. We we run it, but uh, weekends, me, Rob, T, grandbaby, Nene, Nush, Edie, we have seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have seven, and man, and even even at that, uh, some Saturdays, man, we get just yeah overwhelmed. I think one of the things I'm amazed at with you is that um, during the pandemic, your sales kind of soared. Tripled. I mean, what what happened? What was your key to success there? I don't know if I can even pick a key. Um, it's kind of a ring with multiple keys. Yeah. First of all, we stayed open. Mm-hmm. Second of all, uh, we made this mayor's list or something. Like the mayor's preferred list okay. something. Uh, and, and I may be terminating it wrong, but it, it had something to do with the, with the mayor, and people just just kept coming, and we uh, we advertised the oh man uh, the staycation plate. That's what it was. Cool, I love the sta- that. Yeah. The staycation plate because people couldn't get out. Come order it over the phone, pay for it over the phone, and it was just just pounds of meat and sides. And people would come, and when they would get here, it was already prepared. Yeah. So you just came to the door, I handed it to you, you split. Yeah. So that there was not a lot of uh, contact, and we, we were endeavoring to keep you healthy and to keep us healthy as well. And there were so many people who just couldn't get out, mm-hmm. and we made it available. And some people, even in the immediate neighborhood, I've dropped their plates off to them. Okay. Contactless. Put it on the on the uh, porch 
rang the doorbell, and I get it. It was already paid for. Yeah. You know, you paid for it over the phone, and you grabbed it, you went on in. So if, if I had to pick a key uh, to success, that would, that would be it. We, we made ourselves available, and we gave discounts to teachers, and uh, that, that was, that was kind of crazy because I didn't know there were that many teachers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just know, but uh, they they just kept coming, man. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, it's it's great that you know you were one of the lucky ones that were able to survive and and you know power through and like you said, you know, triple the sales and it tripled. Yeah, it 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 tripled and uh, we were already a grab and go place, as you can see. There's yeah. not tons of space here, so you didn't have to adapt to much. Yeah, we just kept rolling like we were rolling. Yeah, you know, people who are accustomed to coming in, order their plate. Three minutes later, your plate's in your hand, and you slide on out the door. So we just kept doing what what we were accustomed to do. Yeah, I think uh, I was reading in the Star Telegram. Bud Kennedy uh, wrote in his review how fun your social media is as well. Uh, I enjoy the follow. It's it's at Jubes underscore Smokehouse for anyone that wants yeah. to follow. Just look up uh, Jubes Smokehouse. You'll find it. Uh, but is that you running the account? Yeah. Yeah, that's all you? Just your yeah. personality that, coming that's, through? That's, that's me. I'm a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Because, uh, I mean, people, people, social media has has kind of put a pause on people being social. Yeah. So they connect to you through social media before they come to you in person. Yeah. So I, I don't want to just show you food. I tell you jokes. I, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, when I go live, you know, I got, got my, my famous introduction. Hey, the you, the you, the you, and the you. And if I miss anybody, yeah, you too. <laughs> you, you too. And, and people follow that. I, I have some, some customers who say they just sit there and hold their phone and wait to get the notice from me when I go live. Yeah. So they can see what's on the menu, and they can decide what day they want to get here. Yeah. Uh, Miss Molly Anderson is one of them, and she said, "Miss you, I just sit there at the house and I just wait for you to go live, and I'm out there with them darn horses and everything. <laughs> and soon as you go live, I, I I leave them horses alone and figure out I've got to get in there and get me some dirty rice. That's what I got to get me. <laughs> and man, she pulls up, man. She has her cowboy boots on and her hat." Everything. She comes in. I saw you live this morning. You went on about nine thirty. <laughs> like, yeah, I sure did. I mean, she watches every yeah. day, every day. So, I, I I work hard to keep that that social media presence yeah. alive. And yeah. Got to. So yeah. Give, yeah, give them a follow on on Instagram. Uh, you'll be able to keep up uh, mm -hmm. with, with all that's being served daily, weekly. Um, but yeah, thank you again for coming on. Um, oh, you know, I, I appreciate it, and congratulations again on on your three year, three, um, that's three awesome. years, three years, three people. People didn't give us three minutes. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Uh, three years back in this neighborhood, man, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge to uh, to make certain that people know we're here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if you noticed, but I put flags on, on yes. each end. One on Ramey, one on, one on Rosedale. Yeah, maybe just let everyone know where you're located, how to get here. 1900 South Edgewood Terrace in Fort Worth, stop sixth edition of town. We're between Ramey and Rosedale. On the Rosedale side is the post office. 
on the Raymond side is uh, fire station number three. And uh, you see the big, great, big, giant 12-foot barbecue flags? You found me. Yes. <laughs> you found me. We turn, turn by the flag, and you'll see the other flags out in the driveway. And uh, just come come right on. Come right on. The number here is 817-779-0235. And uh, we, we answer the phone 68% of the time. Okay, that's, a, that's fair enough. <laughs> 68, because once it gets busy, it is kind of hard to answer that phone and uh, and take orders. So, But we, we try. So call ahead for the smoked chicken. Call, call, call early. Call, call, call a day ahead for the smoked chicken. But soon, come summer, to the hardest summer, I'm going to start doing uh, whole smoked chickens okay. every day. Okay. Every day, because I can take the chicken out and I can stuff it for you while you wait, and we're good. Yeah. We're, we're good, we're good, we're good. Now, what got you involved in interviewing food people? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you asking. Um, I uh, just felt like Fort Worth has a great uh, food scene and, and drink scene. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of great independent restaurants. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think the chains have their, their place and their purpose. True. Um, but I think... Uh, when you have such great local, you should support local. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like this was kind of a great platform uh, for me to give, you know, you or, you know, the other 66 guests I've had on the show um, just a chance to, to tell their story and, and to talk about their food and kind of reach the customers in a more intimate type of way. I, I like the name you've given it, Fort Worth Food Stories. Thank you, yeah. I did a sermon series some years ago entitled Everybody Has a Story. Your story's not mine. Mine mine's not yours. But so many of the stories can be similar. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, um, I told you I'm pretty easy to interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always interview the interviewer. Yeah. Because people want to know why you do what you do. What do you get out of doing what you do? Why, why keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Are people nice to you? Wouldn't it come? You, do you come across some who can sometimes be jerkish or standoffish yeah. at, at times? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, it's it's actually this is great timing of you doing this. I um, so I started this. I, I started at the culinary school of Fort Worth. Uh, that's where my job you is. Cook? No, 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 no. I'm I'm uh, I do the marketing there. Oh, okay. Uh, I do cook, but not professionally. Okay. Uh, but I've learned a lot at the school, honestly, just sitting in on classes and stuff. Okay. I've learned so much about cooking that I use at home now. Um, but I so I started with the school and and with the podcast about three and a half years ago or three years ago on the podcast, and um, I'm leaving the school next month, so I'm I'm just going on to a, a different job. Um, and I've not known whether I was going to continue with the podcast or not. Um, but I just thought a lot about it and talked to a lot of people about it and and I love doing it so much. And, um, I love just, like I said, just talking to new people and and finding fresh faces and, um, finding new restaurants and exposing people. I I love when I get comments from people, Hey, I, I heard, about Jube Smokehouse and I went there and I got the stuffed turkey leg and it was right. the best food. You know, that that kind of stuff makes me really happy. And so um, I am trying to work it out that I'm going to still be able to do the podcast. But if not, you know, it's been, it's been a great three years of it. Um, if I can, the reason I love doing it is just because 
I do a lot of different shows. This is the one that makes me the happiest is, is kind of getting to talk to people. and some, some, Something about food makes us happy. Yeah, it, it does. And I think there's a community, even just talking about food, you build these bonds with people. And, and the amount of people I've met and kept connections with through the podcast is uh, is, is awesome. It's, it's great thinking about and looking back on. And I love listening to some of the older episodes and hearing how bad of an interviewer I was at the no. start. And, uh, but, you know, just, just kind of seeing how it's grown and, and all that stuff. Any, any particular interview you had or, or restaurant you've eaten at that just kind of stands out? Um, I, you know, one of my favorites was uh, Ched uh, Takan. I'm, I'm not sure how to... Uh, I, I, he's a co-worker of mine now. Okay. I always uh, mess up his last name. Uh, but Just In Case Food Truck, uh, I talked to okay. him. Um, in 2018, and uh, then I went out to visit the food truck, and uh, since that time, I've I've really kind of grown, you know, into a friendship with him, and, and then he got hired on at the school, okay. uh, which was really cool to, to become a coworker with him. Um, and then I'd say uh, the other one for me too that always stands out is I did this series of of six with uh, Edward Gutierrez and Maddie Sharp, who were two uh, instructors at the culinary school. They're they're working at uh, different jobs now. Um, but we did a, a six-week series about what it means to be a chef, um, restaurant ethics for both consumers um, and for uh, owners of restaurants. Um, we talked about drug and alcohol abuse in the kitchen, and, and we just kind of did these deep dive topics. And um, I think just as a whole, I thought those were, were really important conversations to have. I need to go back and just listen to it, though. Yeah, I would encourage you to. I, I think there are great conversations we had. Because if, if you're not... I'm going to use this term. If you're not grounded, yeah. life, life lessons, experienced about the trappings and downfalls of life. First of all, most of us, chefs and, and cooks and barbecue guys, we work alone for long extended periods of time. If you don't have a hobby of sorts, you can easily develop a habit yeah I'm here 5 a.m. in the morning after I pray and you know take medicine or whatever and, and I get the fires lit and while the fires are, are you know getting where they need to be then I come in and it's me the meat and the music the man the meat and the music that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I listen to the music and, and, and I love I love it. I have just a plethora of music I listen to. Frank Sinatra, big band, uh, you know, Waylon Jennings, country and western, just yeah. whatever I'm I'm feeling that day. Sometimes it's a real hard blues or sometimes some rap. Just kind of whatever mood I'm in. And that kind of that, that not kinda of, that kind of perks me into the area that I need to be. Now some some guys I've I've been told, as you say, you know, that they're, they're do the alcohol in the morning to wake them up or whatever it is that they got to do um, I just choose to not be that guy Yeah, I, I want to make certain that when, by the time you get here I'm sober you know and I'm sober minded yeah yeah you know my, my will is not anesthetized and, and, and I can I can have a conversation with you I can deal with you and you'd be surprised how many people who cook are depressed Mm -hmm. Sad, you know. Uh, cooking 
has been therapeutic for me and uh, it's kept me from doing a whole lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. But uh, it has been very, very therapeutic. When I give you the description of just sitting in the back, watching that smoke rise out of that pit. Mm-hmm. And I've sat back there literally, man, for hours and just watch it. Yeah, and, uh, I can imagine, yeah. My son and I, my son's 16, and he sits there and, and he can see the most amazing things in, in the smoke. He's like, Dad, you see that? And I'm going, what am I looking at? So, <laughs> I'm just looking at smoke. And, and he's like, man, you don't see, you know, the silhouettes and you don't see the, all of the images. I don't see that, son. <laughs> you know, all I see is smoke and I smell seasoning. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's me. It's, it's yeah. who I am. It's, it's what I do, man. I, I thank you, man. I think uh, somebody should take time to interview you. <laughs> You know yeah, mean? we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe one day we'll. Uh... Man, I, I'm a great interview. I used to have my own radio show. Okay. Uh, Me too. Yeah. For uh, two years, I was on uh, the Ten Network. It's called okay. it the, the the Entertainment Network. Yeah, T- yeah. Ten, and I was on there about two, three years. Yeah. So I, I interviewed a lot of people. I try to make the interview fun. Try to make it easy. Yeah. Uh, I don't ask the embarrassing questions. Because you know there, there's always some. Yes. You know, but I just try to make people feel comfortable, and let them tell their story. Yeah. About what it is. And that's you know my my goal as well for sure. Oh man, you're excellent. So, well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you're, it. You're excellent. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you asking me these questions and appreciate you talking with me. It was it was great. That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Culinary School of Fort Worth offers a nine-month program that has savory, baking, and pastry, kitchen management classes, as well as a two-month externship that will be at the end of your nine-month program. If you are interested in learning more about the school or coming out for a tour, uh, you can call 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. Or you can head to their website, csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu.